Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 6 of Revelation chapter 15, and we're going to be reading verses 3 and 4. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And I'll stop reading there. Now, um, just to remind us once again, and that's the wonderful thing about the Bible and how God has written the Bible. He will tell us something and then tell us the same thing in another way in order to reinforce the truth. And here in Revelation 15... It started out with the Apostle John receiving um, a vision or this information, this divine revelation from God of seeing another sign in heaven, which was great and marvelous, seven messengers having the seven last plagues. And right after seeing that, then um, John sees those that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and so forth stand on a sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And we think, well, he's seeing two different things, but actually, he's seeing the same thing. The seven messengers are those that got the victory over the beast. They're the great multitude that came out of great tribulation. They are the saints of God. And uh, we also need to keep in mind Revelation 15 is describing Judgment Day, just as the previous chapter. Revelation 14 described Judgment Day, just as the next chapter, Revelation 16, will continue to describe Judgment Day. And Christ comes, the Bible tells us, with ten thousands of his saints. And here they are. They're first likened to seven messengers, and now... They're likened to those that got the victory over the beast who are singing the song of Moses. And remember, when we looked at the song of Moses, there's two of them. Exodus 15 uh, lists one song that that relates to Judgment Day because it's the time of Pharaoh and his Egyptian army that they're cast into the sea. And Pharaoh is a, a figure of Satan and Pharaoh's army would be the forces of Satan, the enemies of God. And and God destroyed them historically in order to paint the picture of what will take place beginning on Judgment Day. And Judgment Day was May 21, 2011. And it was at that point that Satan, the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, was put down. And it was at that point that all the forces of Satan within the churches and congregations 
or bundled for the flames. And, and so that began this prolonged period of Judgment Day. Well, it goes on to say in the middle of verse 3, that saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. And, of course, this is uh, praise to God. The, the saints of God are singing praises to his name. He has given them the victory. The, the victory of completing his salvation program. The victory of winning the war that was raging throughout history over the souls of God's elect that um, just as others, uh, all of God's elect were children of wrath. We had the wrath of God abiding upon us until God applied his word and redeemed us in the fullness of time for each one, according to his timetable for every person. And finally, God redeemed the last one. And now all were redeemed and and the victory was won. And now all of the captives were free. It was a beautiful climactic end to the end of the Great Tribulation, to the end of the pouring out of the latter rain, which also could be spoken of as the end of the second Jubilee and the Jubilee period, which began in 1994 in September, and uh, it's um, the same thing as the latter rain, just another way the Bible views it. The, the Jubilee accomplished its purpose of setting the captives free. And now all were free. And, and this is the cause of singing the song of Moses. And remember, it's at the point when all Israel is now safely delivered through the Red Sea. Pharaoh is destroyed. The army of Pharaoh is destroyed. And Moses lifts up his voice and, and sings praise to God. And now the saints are doing the same thing. And this is good encouragement to each one of us that as we're, we're continuing to live on the earth and, and as each one of us are being tried, there's none that are not being tried. All are being put to the spiritual test to see if we're truly spiritual gold, silver, precious stones, or if we're wood, hay, stubble. And as we go through the test, we can glorify God. We can um, give him great glory by trusting him and by recognizing what he has done and thanking him for it. And uh, and so we lift up our voices and and great and marvelous are thy works. Now, the the Greek word ergon is works, and it could refer to many things because God does many works. He's done the work of creation. For uh, for instance, Job thirty seven speaks of that in Job thirty seven. It says in verse 9, Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. By the breath of God frost is given, and the breath of the waters is straightened. Also by watering he wearieth the thick cloud, he scattereth his bright cloud, and is turned round about by his counsels. 
they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world and the earth. He causeth it to come, whether for correction, or for his land, or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Dost thou know when God disposed them, and caused the light of his cloud to shine? Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, which is perfect in knowledge? And it goes on, and actually goes on for some time. It it gives God occasion to um, to point to His uh, mighty creative power, and and so creation is part of the works of God. But notice in the verses we read, it had to do with clouds and and watering the earth, and that points to the gospel that God sent spiritually into the world, as He likens the gospel to, first of all, the early righteous rain that produced the fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the early rain, which produced the first fruits during the church age, and then the latter rain, which completed God's salvation program as he saved a great multitude out of great tribulation. And all these are the works of God. Now in Psalm 78, it says in verse 4, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of Jehovah and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And and now in Psalm 78, God especially emphasizes the works of delivering Israel from the land of Egypt. And again, spiritually, that would point to his salvation as um, Egyptian bondage pictures sinners that are uh, ensnared in their own sin and held captive under the control of Satan, just as Pharaoh was the ruler of Egypt. Well, now, uh, as far as works, we also read in John chapter 6. In John 6, it says in verse 28, Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. And that's a very key statement, because uh, they're, they're asking, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? And the answer is, This is the work of God that ye believe. And that's exactly what the Bible teaches, that faith is, uh, saving faith is of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're granted grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. God does all the work in the matter of saving the sinner. And 
And this is the work of God, that ye believe, that we have faith, that uh, if we are saved, it's all result of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that uh, also relates to the epistle of James and that wonderful chapter in James chapter 2 where where God is trying to teach us that uh, faith without works is dead because people can say they have faith and that's uh, we have a world of people that say that about 2 billion professed Christians say if you asked uh, they have faith are you a Christian yes I'm a Christian are you saved Yes, I'm saved. Do you expect to go to heaven? Certainly, I expect to go to heaven. And then if you ask them, uh, impress a little bit more on what they believe, well, they believe everything under the sun. They they believe adding to the Bible, subtracting from the Bible. They believe in tongues and dreams and visions and all kinds of things. And the Bible says anyone who does such, well, they they're subject to the plagues written herein. And also, the vast majority of them are in the churches and congregations, and God commanded his people, get out of the church, and and they remain. And the Bible indicates those that remain are are like tares bundled for the fire. So, the, they can say all they want, that that they have faith, but God's interested in works, not their works. A work of a man never justified him. Galatians 2.16 tells us that. No man is justified by the works of the law. And faith is a work. So it's not man's works that justify, but Christ's works that justify. The work of God. This is the work of God that ye believe. And and that's why it's such um, a grievous thing when we read in John chapter nine, after or, or at the point where Christ is um, is going to heal the blind man. It says in John nine, in verse one, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? that he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, in this chapter, the Lord will go on to grant the blind man sight, and that's a picture of salvation. And and, and so we're not surprised that Christ is using the example of the blind man to refer to the works of God being made manifest. Remember, what are the works of God? That ye believe, and, and that's referring to uh, salvation, and, and that is the work of God. So Christ will make manifest that work of God of salvation through the healing of the blind man eventually in this chapter. And and he also uses this occasion to uh, give us information about Judgment Day in the next verse, verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. 
I must work the works of him that sent me. And what work is that? That ye believe. And the works would be performed while it is day or during the day of salvation. And then he goes on to say, The night cometh when no man can work. And that would be at the end of the day. And and um, the Lord also has told us in other places, are there not 12 hours in the day? And then he just happens to give us a parable of a 12-hour workday. And at the 11th hour, laborers are hired to work one last hour in the vineyard. And that typifies the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation was the last hour of the day of salvation. The last hour of the work day of God's work in which he would perform saving, in which he would do the work of of granting belief or faith, saving faith, the faith of Christ to his elect people. And then once the great tribulation expired and and came to a close, that hour of judgment, that 11th to 12th hour, and then the 12th hour came on May 21, 2011. It was the end of the workday, the end of the day of salvation, and it, it became spiritual night. That's why immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened and the moon does not give its light and the stars fall from heaven. There are no light bearers, no more gospel lights to enlighten the earth. It is darkness. As it says, the night cometh when no man can work. And since that day until now and until the completion of this prolonged period of judgment, Christ is not working the work of granting belief, the work of God, the, the, the work that he was sent to perform during the day, only during the day. Well, uh, when, when we see here in Revelation 15 that they're praising God saying, great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, it, it, it certainly is a um, um, good thing to praise God, to lift up his name, to um, lift it up on high, to thank him for sending the rain, for sending the, the clouds that brought the rain, and, and for saving a great multitude as he did, for completing his salvation program and and for saving everyone whose name was written in the lamb's book of life and and so forth for they were great and marvelous works and God saved the best for last during the little season the second part of the little season of the great tribulation and especially as we got closer and closer to the shutting of the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, God was doing a mighty, marvelous work all over the earth, saving people through his word until there were no more to be saved. So it is a great and marvelous work that he has done concerning salvation in the earth. 
And and then it says, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Almighty is a phrase that's used a, a few times. Um, we're, we're just almighty. If we turn to Revelation 11, it says in verses 17 and 18, and this is at, at the point of um, Judgment Day also. Actually, if we go back to verse 15, We'll see the context. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God in their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. The the Lord God Almighty is reigning over all the earth. And, and again, Christ is ruling now. Christ is ruling over all that Satan previously ruled over. Albeit he's ruling with a rod of iron. That's why... Um, there, there's been no change in the world or in the church, even though Satan has been put down and no longer is the official ruler there, because God is not ruling for the benefit of mankind. He's ruling to punish mankind. And, 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 uh, this is the purpose of his rule, to, uh, to smite men, uh, with the wrath of God. Now in Revelation chapter 16, it says in verse 7, I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And again, Revelation 16 is the context of Judgment Day. In Revelation 19, it says in verse 6, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now that's uh, the same word, almighty, is translated as omnipotent. And so if you would like to define the word omnipotent, it's defined as almighty and and that's exactly what it means. All might, all power, all dominion. It is the Lord God Almighty. The Lord God Omnipotent reigneth. And it's a, a, just a glorious exaltation of the person of God. That he has been faithful and he has triumphed over the rebels, over uh, Satan, and all of mankind that dared to rise up against him. Now, one last reference in verse 15 of Revelation 19. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And that's the same word translated as omnipotent back in verse 6. And and so this, this is the wonderful, 
glorious picture that God is giving us as the saints of God, the true believers, the elect, are saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. And it is just a matter of fact, this this is an accurate declaration by the people of God. Now all of God's promises, all of God's statements have been fulfilled. They're, they're seen to be just. They're seen to be true. And, and, and just think of the things the Bible has said that have come to pass. As God has said uh, incredibly in Romans 1, that he will give man up so that men will be with men and do that which is unseemly and women with women. And all through history, of course, there were instances and occasions of homosexuality. But God says he will give man up. And the language there indicates something drastic, something that has never taken place before. And here we are, living on the earth in Judgment Day, and we look around and and certainly the world has been given up to this sin. And God lists all sorts of other sins. 23 sins in Romans chapter 1. And they're, they're very much in evidence. In Matthew 24, he speaks of men's hearts growing cold. And if there was ever a, a true and faithful statement, that is it as we... See, the nature of man is changing before our eyes, or at least what was always within man, and yet restrained by God, is coming to the surface in a in a far more vivid way, so that we can see that that dead nature of man, that that stony heart, and the coldness of men. It is on the surface now. And as men's love has grown cold, all of sorts of scriptures have been fulfilled. Israel becoming a nation again, the church being apostate and falling away, and the the iniquity of the world. Just incredible things that God's people certainly can recognize and say, yes, just and true are thy ways. As all these things are happening, it's only the word of God that remains true and faithful and remains trustworthy. And only the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the way and the truth and the life that we can thank God for and know that this is the right way and a good way. And, and so we, uh, we uh, are very thankful that that uh, the Lord God omnipotent, the Lord Jesus Christ does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his ways are true and just. And then it concludes, Thou King of Saints. He's, he's coming in judgment with ten thousands of his saints. And and remember what God said in First Corinthians 6, Know ye not that the saints will judge the world? And Revelation 15 is referring to Judgment Day when the saints judge the world. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.